This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future relationship to it. Today's topic was dreams. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. It is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And it is episode number 86. 86, Bill. Allow me to do the number reference Go for, for number 86. Yes. The New York Mets won the World <clears throat> Series in 1986, <clears throat> and it was good news for those of us in Long Island. That was a really – I mean, that – dare I say, not to be too much of a Mets hater. You know I love the Mets mainly because you love the Mets. Right. But the, ha, was that as good as it got? Uh, it for was, the Mets, in terms of the Mets. Well, what you have to know about the Mets <laughs> is that we are like the we're the kid brothers. We yes. uh, we're the ones who get bullied, and for this one year. We were the bad guys. Mm-hmm. The bad guys, not bad at baseball, like, we'll beat you up and win the game. They were, like, smoking cigarettes on the on the charter, on the team plane. Keith Hernandez like... used to smoke cigarettes in the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there was that. There's a book written about the championship yes. Mets called The Bad Guys Won. Jeff Perlman, I believe, right. was a Newsday sports writer, well I think. Well done. Yes. Really well done. Yes. And that's the 1986 New York Mets. They, they were pretty unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was really the team that I feel like cement, like, really is one of the cornerstones of New York Mets lore. That yeah. That 86 team. Oh, man. Lenny da- Dykstra, Mookie Wilson. Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, yeah. Keith Hernandez, Gary Carter, they're all there. Yes. The guys like Lee Mazzilli. And yes. And just like these names where it's just like, unless you're a 1986 Mets fan, you yes. might not know. Yes. This is something that we've mentioned before, but one of my favorite little elements, little graphic design things in the universe is the Mets logo, which okay. I think is about as good as graphic design gets. Now, they have the N and the Y that's on the hats. That's right. That's not what I mean. I mean the baseball with the city skyline. Yes. That is, it to me, and I'm not like a design guy, but one of my dear best friends, our mutual friend, Sean Conway, is like a big design guy. Yeah. And it apparently, I think I'm remembering this correctly, the person that designed that Mets logo also designed all of the MT, like the uh, graphic design for the MTA, like all the subway lettering oh, and the was, subway trains. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I think that's the same designer, and I just I just love that. Wow, that just, designer really designed New York. Really Those designed are some the hell huge elements. This. Exactly, yeah. The subway and the Mets. Yes. Very cool. Another 86 number association that I have, I wonder if you know this. Why is 86 the code for canceling something at a restaurant? Gonna need to 86 that. Why did, how did 86 become the number that means cancel? So if you work in the food industry, <laughs> please email nojokepod at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at nojokepod. Let us know why you 86 the grilled cheese. Why does it, why 86 the grilled cheese? Mm. I mean, it's a pleasing number to say, and there's something about like the six, like mm. it ends in an X that mm-hmm. I get that it like sort of implies like cancel it out or negate. That's smart. But maybe there's another reason why 86 in restaurant world means Cancel. Stop to that. Cancel that. Do you have a number that's more appropriate? Then 86? Like, does a number come to mind where you're like, well, that should be the cancel number? Uh, let me think about that. That's a good one. Uh, no number comes to mind. Almost the word cancel okay. would almost seem like it's one less syllable. Right. It just seems like it maybe would be a, like, a more direct way to do that. Cancel do, grilled cheese. Cancel that grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. 86 definitely makes it sound like a military operation. I get why, like, numeric codes are cool for things. Right. Let's 86 that and let's 54 the, the asparagus. You right. Know, what like is 54? Turn up the heat, just turn up the heat on it a little bit. <laughs> you made that up. Yeah. Still, buy, buy, I will buy that. 
Yeah. Can we have 54 this asparagus? Exactly. Just a little more 54? Yes, listeners, please, if you know why 86 is canceled, please let us know. Are there other, other numeric codes in, yeah. the kitchen, in the kitchen sphere? What does 15 mean? What does 15 mean? 31. Let's 15 that bowl of cereal. That means eat it. Let's yeah. eat that bowl of cereal. 1986, we talked about the Mets, but this is the 86th episode. Mm. And today, minutes before doing the podcast, we realized we didn't know what we we're going to talk about. As per usual. Big surprise. <laughs> uh, we threw out a couple of nouns, a couple of adjectives. Yes. And one noun stuck. Yes. And that is? Dreams. So we're going to talk about dreams. We're going to talk about dreams. Yeah. Um, do you dream a lot, Billy? Do you feel like you, in your in your contemporary modern day life, that you are you dreaming a lot? I think that I maybe dream at the same frequency that I did as a kid. Yeah. But I have a tendency to remember my dreams as a child much more than I. I don't necessarily remember my dreams as much now. Same. Yeah. I wonder why. I wonder why that may be. Did you have a recurring dream as a kid? I had a few like recurring elements. I wasn't really, like, I was uh, not a huge dream remember, just in general. I certainly, like, my remembering of my dreams have also has also kind of, like, tapered off, I feel like. Yeah. But when I was a kid, would I have recurring dreams? There were definitely recurring elements. Quicksand was a big one. And again, I know that there's all these, like, dream, there's, like, dream symbolism books and these specific things mean certain things. Yeah, we should try and figure out what we think these dreams mean. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, quicksand was a big recurring element in my nightmares. You stepped into quicksand and then you'd be getting sucked in or you'd watch things go away in no, quicksand? I would be sinking slowly into quicksand, okay. screaming but not being able to be heard, family around but couldn't hear me. Jungle couldn't... atmosphere? Um, Desert atmosphere. Okay. Like, I think, like, Wiley Coyote roadrunner, barren desert atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Here I am surrounded by vast nothingness in the middle of a quicksand pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quicksand pool. Yeah, yeah. Sinking, 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 ever sinking. No help coming. Slow doom. How far would the dream go before you wake up? Did you ever go like sand over your mouth, over your nostrils? I don't know. I don't know if I ever got to the nostrils. I think it was more about the slow dread of the sinking and feeling like I was helpless. Yeah. I don't think that the, like in my me in my dream memory, yeah, yeah, in yeah. my current memory of my dream from 27 years ago, I remember the terror and the fright was less about actually being subsumed by the quicksand and drowning, yeah. but more about helpless, the feeling of helplessness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a dream similar to that that would constantly be a recurring dream for me as a kid as well. Really? We should also put out there that we are fully aware that talking about your dreams to somebody can be the most boring <laughs> thing. If you're the person on the other end of the table when someone's like, hey, can I tell you about my dream? You want to say no. Harvard Sailing Team wrote an entire sketch about it once. And we're doing a 45-minute <laughs> podcast about it now. So apologies in advance. We are our worst nightmare. But yeah. that being said, <laughs> yes. one of my dreams, I used to get sucked down something too. Except it wasn't quicksand. It was the bathtub drain oh Billy. Did, did you ever have that dream because i felt like when i would ask my other friends to be like oh yeah i get sucked down the drain in the toilet all the, the time the drain that is probably like a recurring thing that yeah. makes a lot of sense yeah so you're in in that dream you're in the bathtub and in the bathtub but the difference between mine and yours i would say is that i go through the pipes like i'm riding the pipes you like, have it's, that it's water slide style but it's scary. It's the scary water slide. <laughs> it's like uh, it doesn't have an open top. You know, it's got one of these scary water slides. But yes, that was one of my recurring dreams as a kid. Yeah. I wonder if that's an age thing where you feel like you're getting pulled or sucked down into something you can't control yeah. at a young age or if people are having those dreams still today. I do wonder about that. And it is so interesting, too. It's just like I – I I don't know. Again, like, needless to say, we are not dream scientists. We don't know what we're talking about. But I do wonder if, like, some of these – yeah, like, what the, – the recurring elements and why it's so – I don't know. I do. I would intuit and would wager that it's common that people remember their dreams from childhood mm -hmm. and from youth. Yeah. Even as adults, maybe more vividly or more acutely than they remember the dreams they have even as adults. Mm -hmm. um, and I wonder why that is. Yeah, maybe because you're a child, you're so much more impressionable. Yeah. It's like these, like – 
large events or like your subconscious is literally being formed. Your consciousness is literally being formed like Play-Doh. So like these dreams have bigger impacts on your childhood memory, Mm -hmm. emotional memory, because they really serve to like kind of construct your personality in that time. That makes a lot of sense. Now we're in our mid-30s, we're dreaming, but we know that dreams are insignificant or we know that they're purely symbolic. Right. We have the emotional IQ to separate the – I mean I do still have that feeling though and it is kind of an intense feeling still as an adult to have a really intense dream, wake up and sort of feel the lingering emotional after effects from a dream in your waking life. And it almost – it can like beat you down or motivate you. (laughs) Yeah. I've definitely had dreams where I wake up disappointed. Yeah. You know? In fact, when I was a kid, there's one dream that I can very specifically – I didn't even know I wanted this thing until I dreamed about it and then woke up realizing I didn't have it and felt disappointed. (laughs) I didn't know I wanted it at all. That thing was I dreamed when I was probably 11 or 12 years old. It wasn't even Christmas or like a time where you might get a gift. Right. I was just dreaming about this this one night. Great. The Nintendo Power Glove. Yeah. (laughs) I went to bed one night after basketball practice or something, and I dreamed that I had a Power Glove and life was good. (laughs) Life was good. It did everything I wanted it to do, which included shooting lasers out of it and just being an all-purpose power glove. So in the dream, you're not using it for Nintendo purposes. You're using it as a superhero in life. I think I am using it for Nintendo purposes, but all rules are It off. blurs the lines. Yeah. It blurs Just the use it for what you need. Dream logic. Woke up the next morning and immediately was thinking about the power glove. Yeah. How powerful it made me feel. Yeah. There is no power glove for Bill. What a bummer. No. We only, had the, we only had the regular controllers. Nintendo was just basic. We didn't basic. have the power glove. What a bummer. Did you have the power glove by any chance? I wish, dude. Are you kidding me? Did you have a friend who had the power glove? Uh, Dan Cher would go over to his house. Wow. That's a big get for any friend group. And we've talked about this. Like, anybody wow. who had the power glove. Mm-hmm. And wasn't there also like a pad? Like a pad that for you For the would, track and field for game. For the track and field game. Yeah, there was yeah. like a weird pad yeah. that you had. So my friend Dan had all those Nintendo accoutrements. As we've discussed previously on this podcast. I was a Genesis household. Yes. So Sega Genesis didn't really have any fun add-ons like that. Mm-hmm. Why did they, they didn't have any power gloves. There was no fun track and field pad. No Game Genie. No Game Genie. No Duck Hunt gun. Right. Like, no real add-ons. Yeah. But you, So you dreamt about the power glove. Yes. Woke you up woke up without the power glove. <laughs> And I had to move forward in life. Some, sometimes dreams feel more real right. than reality. Have you ever been – I'm sure you have been. Have you ever had a dream, um, woken up from mm-hmm. it, and wanted to go right back to sleep and control that dream? I mean, yeah. Again, like, like I'm really trying to comb my memory and think about like demonstratively good dreams that I've had that I remember. And I guess – and and I wonder how common this is. Mm-hmm. I tend to only remember night, like nightmares. Yeah. Like scary, bad, yep. unnerving, unsettling, yep. disturbing, creepy, spooky, eerie dreams really linger in my memory. Delightful Nintendo Power Glove, just like pedestrian. Right. I dreamt Billy and I were having a beer in Paris 1958, just like rando dreams. Away. These are so transient. My brain can't latch on. My emotional memory doesn't Gone. latch onto those yeah. as much. Yeah. But I've certainly had, and I couldn't cite a specific dream, but I've definitely had the sensation of just like a beautiful, pleasant, mm-hmm. wonderful dream. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up and I'm actively bitter and disappointed that yeah. it's not real. <laughs> There's a few times where I've actually had a dream in like the uh, like most commonly defined way of defining dream, which is like something you long for, something that you wish you could have. Yeah. I dream of having that yes. one day. I rarely dream about things I dream about. Do you, do you know dream like what what I long for? Right, and right. my subconscious is the one place where I can actually imagine having it. Yeah, I rarely actually. I don't know exactly like. It'd be easy to say, like, I would love to be the starting shooting guard for the Knicks. Yes. I never dream about being the starting shooting guard for the Knicks. That is so funny that you say that, Billy, because it really makes me think of the word dream and how, like, dream in the literal way is this – 
Because to me, dreams that you experience when you sleep is just like subconscious runoff. And again, I'm no dream scientist, but to me, it's just like your subconscious sort of spill over from the day, random elements of your subconscious sort of being tossed together in a in a not deliberately, just like in a nonsensical, random right. Entropy-ish kind of way. Yeah. But like when we talk about like I have a dream, I dream of being on the Knicks, that connotation of the word is like very purposeful intention. Yes. It's like has very – that makes a lot – it's like I dream, a.k.a. aspire, a.k.a. want, a.k.a. will logically work hard to achieve this quote-unquote dream where actual dreams are illogical and make no sense in that sort of context. It's like I pointedly want this thing. Now, are those the same word? Like, yeah. is that the same version of dream? Yeah. Those aren't, like, synonym, you know what I mean? Or, like, whatever the word is. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, it, yeah, it is. The, I mean, they are total synonyms, and it is the same word. But to me, it's just interesting to hear you describe it like that. Yeah. It really calls to sort of mind the contrast of, like, the many different, like, what dream has come to mean. Yeah. It just means want. That's it. Yeah. I want that. I want that. I dream for that. That's right. Yeah. And, like, of course no one dreams. I don't know. And, again, I would say of course. But, like, again, my impression of dreams is the randomness and the subconscious runoff. Right. So it's like if you're dream- if you're actually going to bed and dreaming of things that you aspire to. Right. Then that's like – then you are some sort of, like, lucid dreamer who has control over your dreams. And you can, like uh, – I'm going to dream and, and – yeah. and engineer my subconscious to think about being a shooting guard for the next. Yeah, if you that, can bend time and space like that. You're a wizard. You're then. on. You you're win. on. Yeah. You win. <laughs> you win. This is your life. <laughs> you do what you need. This uh, is your life. Let's go into our first ad break. Great. Okay, we'll be right back with more No Joke right after this. Once again, thanks to Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country, but you already know that <laughs> because they've been advertising with us for months now. That's right. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Yes. In fact, I cooked some Blue Apron last night, and let me tell you, it was incredible. Congrats. And it was accessible. Whoa. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Yes, Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States, and that's the United States of America. America. And as a result, seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch, very fun aquarium. Yes. Beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals, and the produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. Yes. Which is cool. We love food, and if you use our uh, promo code today, you get free food. Yes. Some of the free food (laughs) that Blue Apron is providing. That's real. You get free food. We're just trying to get you some free free food. food. It's as simple as that. Some of the free food includes basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella. Yum. We have meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella and charm tomatoes. Charming. Uh, charming tomatoes. I think those are tomatoes that just wink. Miso, miso butter salmon and lo mein noodles with cucumber and also charmed tomatoes. Damn. Whole grain pasta and summer veggies with heirloom tomato caprese salad. So check out this week's menu and more and get your first three meals free. Free food. Free food. Free food. Free food. Are you hearing us? Seriously. All you have to do to get that free food is go to blueapron.com slash no joke. Once again, free food by going to blueapron.com slash no joke. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. This is episode 86. Billy, you and I are talking about dreams. That's right. In episode number 85, Adam, we ended the episode by saying that we wanted to put something out into the world and figure out a way of cheating. That's right. To get it. That's right. I'd like I'm happy to announce that uh I asked for 10,000 followers on Instagram. Yes, and there was a bit of a time limit by De- I want to say by December by 1st. December 1st. So as a reminder, <laughs> 
I don't want to have to buy the bots on November 30th. Okay, guys. Folks. I'm going to need those 10K to come my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good news is, yeah. have about plus 22 for the week. No kidding, for the week. For the week. Billy. So we're about 8,400 followers away. That is not insignificant. <laughs> not insignificant. That is not insignificant. So for all of you who have started following me on Instagram, I don't think I've posted a picture in a week. Welcome to the party. Welcome <laughs> to the party, guys. Okay. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend because we will be cheating yes. and buying those bots regardless. Yes. I don't want to. <laughs> we don't want like we don't want to have to get there. We don't have to want to buy the whole 10K. So but so okay, and my, my the thing that I put out into the universe yes. with your help, thank you, sure. uh, was free khakis. Yes, free clothes. But I would I would even be fine to narrow it to khakis. Khaki clothes. Khaki clothes. Like like what the crocodile hunter might wear. Anything that would be sort of safari safari relevant. <laughs> okay. Uh, khaki clothes for free. Khaki clothes for life. No questions asked. And the way that we said you would do that is by finding a high power at J Crew corporate someone up in the corporate ladder. Yep. Uh, we would get a little dirt on them. Hire a, a private investigator to go dig up some. This is your brilliant idea Go to on. hire a classic blackmail scheme yes compromont yep. so we would hire a pi to dig up some dirt on j crew executive mm-hmm. and then we would straight up blackmail yeah i mean that's all that is that's just no muss no fuss yeah <laughs> and uh how is that going uh i have not really pursued either of those lines of thought okay. although i should okay. uh, i need to i haven't yet to identify a j crew executive i've yet to identify a private investigator okay um uh, however, I will do that. Okay. And uh, I will get my khakis. Okay. So I by will... December 1st, we will uh, check back in on that front as well. That's my dream. So if you, have, yeah. <laughs> if you know anybody who is a high-powered, corrupt J.Crew executive, <laughs> yeah. we need you guys. NoJokePod at gmail.com. This is what we're using our podcast for. Listen, If man. anyone knows a high-powered, corrupt, yes. corrupt J.Crew J. <laughs> executive, send them our way. <laughs> so I can get khakis and Billy can get followers. Please. Perfect. Now, we're talking about dreams. Yes. Uh, we sort of left Act 1 talking about how crazy it would be if you could sort of manipulate and control your dreams yeah. that isn't so crazy because that is a thing and lucid dreaming is a thing okay um i mean there was that funny richard funny there was that fun richard linklater movie called uh waking life oh, that was yeah. about lucid dreaming sure. and that was like tackled that idea sure. a good dear college friend of ours named carla and again i'm gonna get some of the details wrong um but sort of would pr- when we were in college she would practice lucid dreaming okay and it's like a thing that you and again i felt like the my knowledge of this ends pretty soon okay but i think that there is a method of dreaming that's like that where you can't people work at m- sort of blending their conscious and subconscious minds and actively strive to be able to control and manipulate their dreams is this like a form of meditation it is i think it's like i think it's like in the realm of meditative thought having control over your yeah, mind yeah. sort of ge- be able to guide and gear your subconscious to your will okay. bend it to your will a little bit we were joking it makes you a wizard right. and in my mind it does kind of make you a wizard but carla has had experiences i mean firsthand she's told us about Tonight, I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly in my dream. I'm going to fly. I'm going to have a peaceful flight over the ocean. It's going to happen. Okay. And she falls asleep, and she's there. She's aware that it's a dream. And again, I think that, like, maybe you've experienced this, too. I've had m- flashes in dreams where I feel like your dream self is aware for a flash of a second yeah. that you're in a dream. Totally. So that, I think, is just, like, is, like poking at the door of lucid dreaming. An awareness. I think it's just an awareness that you are dreaming in your dream. And once you reach that awareness... You don't wake up. You don't wake up. And the idea is that you can then control the reality of the dream if you're aware that you're dreaming. There's just so many (laughs) levels to dreams. Like, when I'm in a dream, I'm so impressed with, like, the detail of these dreams. The art direction. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. So it's like, for her to have control over all of that, it almost feels like too much power. Uh, Yeah, it does. Does that intrigue you, though? Is that something that you would be open to practicing? It totally intrigues me. Really? And, And again, I mean, I feel I do feel I mean I say that now because it feels so alien and foreign to me and it does feel akin or like a cousin to meditation right 
or like some deep like you know when you just like achieve like brown or like black belt level enlightenment and you can just like also control your subconscious right and it just to me it speaks of like an intense mental discipline or mastery over your conscious and subconscious thoughts that's like oh damn like that's awesome yep that's amazing Mm -hmm. and sort of feels like busting outside of that stereotype of like you only use 10% of your brain it's like learning using your brain to learn how to lucid dream feels like a crazy use of the human brain it feels full circle it feels like a full circle no question yeah Um, it's the second act of the no joke podcast Uh, we're talking dreams today there is something that we've never discussed on the podcast but it comes up in my dreams a lot okay Um, long time ago not a long time ago maybe 12 years ago I was DJing in Baltimore yes and I got held up at gunpoint yes I know and it was very traumatic for a couple of days yes and um Long story short, yes. that moment has crept into so many of my dreams No kidding, now. Billy. So many, where it's just like guns arrive in my dream Interesting. when they really shouldn't. Yeah. And for a long time, it was very scary because it was like, oh my God, like I would treat it as it, there's a, right. this is reality. Right. And then what started happening was that when I would see a gun in my dreams, yes. that would be my bad word choice trigger to know that. This is a dream, and you're, and you're okay. Time to wake up. A gun has arrived. This dream is over. Wow. Isn't that weird? Wow. It, like, became the symbol that told you it was a dream. It yes. became, like, the red letter that was like, oh, this is a dream. Yeah. Wow. That was, like, going – so that happened to me when I was probably 21, 22. Right. When that happened. Right. And when I got held up in Baltimore. Yeah. And really for years, like, and it wasn't the type of thing where it's like, you need therapy to get this out of your system and stuff. It was just like this little thing kept popping up in my dreams. Yeah. And over time, as I got older, anxiety and other things took, moved past guns being scary. And now it's like adulthood is more scary and these will be your nightmares. Adulthood is my gun. Seriously. (laughs) And so it was like, it was this fascinating thing, but that was one of the one times in my life where a thing that happened to me in the real world permeated my dreams, like crystal clear, Yeah, you know, where it was like, it just recreated that moment over and over and over again. That's so interesting. And it's just like your subconscious hangs on to these like deep emotional experiences yeah. like this. And like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that was like a minor trauma that you experienced and your yeah. emotional brain, the emotional memory of your brain, it hangs on to that. It's never letting go Definitely. of those emotional wrinkles in your life. Definitely. And it's just, it is endlessly fascinating to see if and how they crop up in your subconscious. But like, do you, for example, so like, that's one thing that happened to me. Yeah. Do you like, even if it was like a person you were like in love with as a kid yeah. or something that you were infatuated with. Yeah. Do you find yourself still dreaming about like uh, specific people or moments over and over again? That's interesting that you say that. I, I, again, like as someone that doesn't remember a ton of my dreams, I, I couldn't really cite specifically, I, I, I'm not totally sure. However, beyond like literal moments, like I think it's so fascinating that the gun was externalized and made as a literal symbol in your literal dreams that it was like this literal object of your trauma yes. in your subconscious became the symbol that you were dreaming. I think yes. that's fascinating. It, it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, it, for, for me, I don't think it was ever crystallized as in, in like a tangible object like a gun, but it is like feelings. Like I had a crush in high school mm-hmm. and like, you know, like that feeling of like teenage totally. love, lust, crush, Only romance. Only thing on your mind. Yeah. And it's like a very specific, like having a crush on someone feels very specific way when you're 15, 14, 15, 16, 13. Yeah. It like feels specific. But does it still permeate your dreams today? I think it does. Really? And I think like those feelings, and again, what, I guess my point was that it's not a gun and it's not like the object 
object of my high school affection, but it's like the sentiment. It's like the sentiment of that. Yeah. And I'll wake up from a dream having feeling that like weird 14-year-old mm. junior high crush mm. feeling. Mm. And that will be the weird ephemeral feeling that escapes me in my first moments of waking. Fascinating. But I feel like it's the, the emo- those em- same emotional tones, so yeah. the same adolescent emotional notes yeah. that I recognize as – it is like music. It's like I recognize the, the note and the tone and the tune mm. of that emotional symphony – immediately without having like a specific object yeah it's not like i'm not imagining her herself or anyone specifically but it's just that emotional feeling that feeling is being sung and resonating in me again wow that emotional song well said yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean it and i know it's another reason i know that we had fogel last on here to talk about david lynch one of the reasons i love david lynch and i know that i talked about this on the podcast too is because his work is dreamy his work is it's dream it operates with dream logic it's not meant to be followed literally and exactly it's more like emotive and what it's evocative in the sort of emotional ties totally. that tales that it tells it feels i've been watching that show a lot before right. i've been going to sleep and it feels very dreamy the yeah. whole thing is dreamy <laughs> yeah it's like it's based in quote-unquote reality but like it's it's so weird yeah yeah we should do a follow-up episode on my experience with twin peaks I in a few weeks would love that yes i, know I would love that <laughs> i would love that i'm quite familiar yeah with yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, it is and like one of the reasons i think is because like it does like do you feel do you have this experience in any of your maybe gun dreams or other dreams that T- things t- tend to like slow down or like the pace of your dream life tends to be a, a bit different because I remember the quicksand my, my motor runs so fast in life and I my brain moves very fast for better and worse in life and I do feel like my dreams had a lot to do with slowing it down the quicksand was about being slowed down mm. and there was something about like slowing you down yeah just being just operating at a my dream life operated at a slightly slower pace than yeah. my real life which is another reason I think the David Lynch yeah I don't know if my dreams slow down or speed yeah. up I can't really I never really considered the pace mm. they're just I would say that now they are pretty consistently this is another weird word yes wobbly buildings <laughs> Wobbly buildings? Wobbly buildings, where I have to take elevators to the top flight of buildings. Oh, Billy. And the buildings are, like, rocking Billy. back and forth Jesus. so hard. I don't even – I mean, okay, so now I'm going to have that nightmare. That's a, that, so now, that one sucks. Now, that now one that sucks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that – and like just you – and I'm not even being like weird here. But like just you saying that, like I really f- – I feel like I felt that emotional song being sung in me when you just said it. Like well, I get wobbly buildings. Scary. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uncertainty. You're on uh, like like shaky – literal shaky ground. Correct. It's, a, it's the cousin of another dream that I had about five or six years ago. And not when I say had. I mean like had repeatedly. Right. Which was a bridge with holes in it. Jeez. Where you had to basically dance around the holes or you fall through. Okay. And, and there were times when I would fall through and then I would be in the ocean and I'd be holding on to like the bottom of the bridge, like the thing that goes. Wow. On. So, I mean, like you, I would really see these dreams through. Gee, your, dream, your dreams actually do <laughs> they have, have a logic to them. And there's like a three-act scene. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's commercial breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I really. a Ford F-150 halfway through my dream. I really didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, let's go to the second act. Okay, break. great. Yeah. Um, so we're talking dreams. Yes. Here's a good idea. Yeah. California dreams. Just let me play here in the sun. From the TNBC. From TNBC. I think it's only appropriate. Please, Billy, won't you? We have to play the theme (laughs) song. So this is California dreams. We'll be right back. (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about, tough for you. Sorry.
Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. That was the theme song to California Dreams. Yes. One of our quote-unquote favorite yes. TNBC shows. We've done episodes about TNBC. I feel like we've done episodes about like sitcoms or television We did the Musty TV 90s block. There you go. Yeah. We've never done an episode <laughs> squarely devoted to theme songs from uh, <laughs> television. television shows. Yeah, we probably should. I think we should treat uh, that like a summer anthems type of That's a great like, idea, Billy. The hottest theme songs from years. It's a really good idea. Because I mean like Perfect Strangers, they all were hot. These were all like really fun late 90s things. Yes. But every year, new television shows have to put out new theme songs. You're right. You're absolutely right. Let's find out what the bangers were in an episode coming up. I would love to do that. And just as a tease, maybe it's just me, but I feel like lyricism has really dropped off in TV theme songs lately. In the 80s and 90s, it was about like, what are the lyrics to the song? The exposition for this episode. And now it's just like setting the mood in 15 seconds. Show. Well, that's what it was. It It was, um, I think it was Rebecca on the Glow, Rebecca Johnson on the Glow episode said that a lot of these binge-watching shows, the yes. first episode, they'll spend a lot on like the theme song, and then they'll never use never it again. again. It'll just be a quick punch, title card, and we move in. They assume that, that we're skipping the intro. Right. And I'm saying, give me a good song, and I won't skip that intro. We heard, I'll rewind that intro. We just heard California Dreams. <laughs> okay. Lyrics help. <laughs> Lyrics help. Help. Okay. They just want to stay here in the sun until their day is done. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> Unless you included that. I thought maybe they wanted to stay in the sun for half a day, Did maybe it? the morning. I didn't know the entire day until the day's done. Lyrics matter. <laughs> lyrics matter, folks. <laughs> song lyrics matter. Right. Hashtag song lyrics matter. Right. God, that's funny. Um, we're talking about dreams today here on episode 86. Yeah. Um, you obviously don't keep a dream journal. I mean, know that that's a popular thing. Do you know anyone that does? Actively charts and tracks their dreams nowadays. I do not. Okay. I would say that the closest thing I have to a dream journal is the ghosts episode that we did on No Joke, maybe 40 or 50 episodes Please ago. go refer to that. I want to say episode 20 about ghosts. Yeah. Yes. That was a, that was a kind of – that was a big episode. That was a big admission for me. Yeah. As a person who considers himself a logical person, a yes. man of reason for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Um, I admitted, you're haunted. I admitted to the fact that I'm haunted. You're haunted. <laughs> ghosts are everywhere. Let's for just me. get to the cut to the right. chase. You're haunted. There's cute ways of saying it. <laughs> yeah. Haunted. Haunted. You're haunted. Like if somebody was job interviewing me and they were like, "Hey, tell me what your best quality is," I'd be like, "I'm a team player." And if they said, "Okay, now admit your worst quality," I'd say, "I'm haunted." <laughs> 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 My worst quality is that I'm haunted. I'm haunted. I would be an asset to this team, except I'm haunted. So. I have to bring on these. Just keep that in mind. I'm coming with some other players. With some baggage. Right. I'm haunted. Now, seriously, though, it's like we talked about in that episode, we referred to one of a, a shared one of your ghost experiences that we had, which mm. is your grandfather, the Simi Wine incident. I that won't was get ridiculous. into it. ridiculous. We'll get into it, but please refer back to the episode if you want more information. Yes. But Billy's grandfather, uh, uh, Simi Wine, he was looking over us as yes. we were having a good time and then referred to that the next day when he went to the psychic. Yeah. Now, I ask this earnestly, has your grandfather or anyone else appeared in your dream life? Have they, has, has that ever come to you no. in, a, in, a, in a dream? I never met my father's father. Right. He passed away before I was born. Right. Um, seen pictures, heard stories, seems mm-hmm. like a great guy. I was told by a medium or a psychic at one point that he's always over my shoulder. He's always protecting me from right. afar. Right. Um, I've never dreamed about him, just like I never dreamed about the Native American who is also over my other shoulder, who protects me and apparently moves my furniture. Okay, please refer to episode twenty ghosts. Yeah, again. (laughs) If you're even remotely like curious as to what I'm talking about, we have a full hour of me talking about how I'm haunted. The episode is ghosts, but I've never dreamed, unless you want to call that a dream, the day that I woke up and all my furniture was moved. Right. 
it, that was a reality because right. when I was awake, all of my furniture was moved. Right. But I've never dreamed about them. Right. Where it's like me and my grandfather have a glass of wine in Italy. Or right. like me and this Native American go on like a long walk where I learn the meaning of life. That's None right. of that has ever happened. Right. I've never seen them when I close my eyes. It's frankly only when I open my eyes. Now I, I see you. Yeah. It's like a waking dream. It's like a crazy waking, dr- quote unquote, dream, whatever it is, haunted. I wish I knew. Haunted. I literally wish I knew how yes. to explain what it is, but yes. sometimes I'm haunted. Yes. Yeah. And your mom, who also psychic everything, is she big on dream symbolism? Like, it, it, is that... Not really. We never really... That, like, the fact that we're talking about this on a podcast is, like, an outlier for me, because yeah. this was not like a... We don't, like... We're spiritual in a way, I guess, but we're not, like, the type that will, like, break down right. dreams to see, like, right. what that means, right. what that represents, how right. we can be improving ourselves. Yeah. That conversation never came up at the dinner table. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just never. It was just felt like a little... She's like, too esoteric or something. Exactly. Yeah. 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 My, I don't remember. Like my aunt uh, is well. My mom's mom, my nana Esther, who was like a huge personality, a big figure in our family. Yeah. She was into past lives. She went to people to be. She went to a. I don't know if it's a psychic or whoever, just to like be regressed mm-hmm. to like f- get in touch with her past oh, yeah. lives. Yeah, I think like, you mentioned this to me like once re- before. Right. It's like a recording of this. She insisted she was like an old British queen. Or yeah. It's like right. this crazy thing of just like she really. She was on board for that level of dement- – that dimension of reality. Yep. Reincarnation, dream- things like that. Um, I'm not sure how – if and how that translated or if and how that related to her believing in like dream symbolism or that people from like your past selves or your past lives can come to your contemporary dreams and speak to you and interact with you there. Right. I'm not sure that she was like fully on board with that. My aunt, her daughter, my mom's sister, Ronnie, um, she also has dabbled in uh, yoga and, and Buddhism and spirituality and that nature – um, and I'm just sort of rambling here, and I'm curious to know, like, if and how they believe in, like, dream, the significance of dreams. I've personally always been skeptical, a little skeptical, um, as to, like, dreams have meaning in life. Dreams right. portend certain things in the future. Dreams They've are— They've always been a commercial break for reality for me. <laughs> commercial break where from it's reality. Just, where it's just, like, I'm going to close my eyes, some crazy crap's going to come on the air for, yeah. like, what's going to feel like 15 seconds. Yeah. And then I'm going to wake up again, and I'm going to be back to reality. Yes. And, like, I never, ever considered taking it any further. I think that, like, as someone— that grew up going to Hebrew school and was like this notion of like Joseph and the amazing technicolor dream coat. Joseph has this dream where he like sees the Pharaoh's future mm-hmm. and he's able to tell the and like dreams play such a big part in mytho- like Old Testament mythology yeah. and like dreams being prescient and like uh, someone t- being able to tell the future with your dreams. Yep. That's like you almost if you read the Bible you take it for granted that that's just how things work. Yep. Some people are prophets they have dreams they tell the future fact. So I think that I had this weird expectation of what dreams were uh-huh. as a kid <laughs> like I think that like I was taught in school that like dreams tell the future sometimes so focus okay the roadmap is there (laughs) yeah the roadmap is there and meanwhile i'm having nonsense quicksand dreams right so i'm like wait is that am i gonna get sucked down (laughs) a drain one day yeah right right, yeah but i do wonder about like the expectation that you set up to kids it's like what dreams are because i do think that there is like i don't know like messaging about what the significance of dreams actually are right um, are they meaningful? Are they just subconscious runoff, meaningless, random? Right. Where is it? Something in between? <laughs> if we were a more thorough podcast, we'd have the answer. To that. <laughs> yeah. But if we're we not. didn't come up with this topic minutes before hitting record, <laughs> we might have the answer. To that. <laughs> um, I think I'd be remiss to. Uh, I think either, it's, it's worth saying yes. that uh, this past we have about six minutes left. Okay. Uh, past week, more craziness in the country. Yes. Um, 
white supremacist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. <sighs> Our president kind of doubled down on what seems like his being okay with white supacists in power. Bizarre. Um, he's a real asshole. We know that. It's oh, yeah. like we can we doesn't need to go into that necessarily. Please. I bring it up because so Donald Trump is. He's the only thing I joke about on Twitter. He's like the only thing that I'm looking to insult or just like put down. He consumes a lot of my mind. You would enjoy, get mine. Yeah. I, 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 think so, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a soft truth for yeah. a lot of people in yeah. this country right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Where he doesn't arrive ever, never once, is in my subconscious. He's, I've never dreamed about him. Same. I've never um, – you know, most minutes of my day are like worried about what he will do or say next. Right. But when I go to sleep – he doesn't arrive. Trump-free zone. Trump-free zone. Trump-free subconscious. Trump-free zone. Trump -free. Is that the same for you? Yes. Really? Absolutely, yeah. You've, I, never, you've never had one dream where it's like, either like, not even like, I beat him up or I shot him or I like told him what I thought. Daydream. None of that. Fully conscious daydreams. Those are all waking daydreams. Those are all just right. fantasies. Mm. Not even, like, I think that maybe one of the reasons that I'm not dreaming about Trump is because I'm getting all, like, I fantasy rage fantasy about him all <laughs> right. day, every, I mean, like, that's. Right. You're purging it yeah, all day. Yeah, like I'm not really repressing many of these right. – uh, of this sort of like uh, contempt I have for him. It's, right. it's coming out of my mouth. Yeah. I mean like I'm thinking right. and saying it quite consciously all day long. Yeah. So I don't know if there's really anything left in the tank mm -hmm. for my subconscious to chew on once I fall asleep. I'm getting all that out 9 to 5. <laughs> Good. Good. I mean <laughs> That's same. how I feel. Same. That's a little bit how I feel. Same. I, yeah. I wish the same for everybody <laughs> yeah. else. Yeah. Because it's like Twitter has become just Trump online. Yeah. You know, where everyone is just like spewing out another thing. Yeah. And I get it. And I'm there to read it because it's news. It's yeah. literally the news. Yeah. But it's, I'm just so happy that when I can go to bed – it's not there as yeah. well. Because that really feels like a complete corruption of the mind yeah. when there's one person, whether it's a fascist or not. It's like he hacked our subconscious as well. Consumes all thoughts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is spooky. I mean, like, you know, this past weekend was, that was just like a nightmare uh, come to life. I mean, like, some of those images uh, were nightmarish. Yeah. I mean, just nightmarish. Yes. Um, and I was, you know, obviously just like scrolling Twitter in horror. And I did see, like, some of the activists that were there um, in Charlottesville, this one activist that I follow was like, I really am not looking forward to these night the nightmares I'm going to have over the next couple weeks. Sure. And so it's like, probably very similar to my experience when I got held up. That's right. Where it was like, well, I'm, yeah. fa I'm face to face with trauma. Yeah. Uh, this is not, this can't go anywhere that easily. Right. But I guess you got to do what you got to do in the moment. Yeah. Your subconscious, your subconscious holds on to these emotional memories to not to repeat myself, but just like it does it, it, it stores them. Totally. It stores them. It does. And like uploads them to your subconscious cloud. Right. <laughs> Upload them up to the cloud. Yeah. I'm like, they ain't going anywhere. And like those feelings that you have from birth all the way to death, like they're in your body. I'm like, I'm not like a she, she, frou, frou, like everything's in your body, like meditate and whatever kind of guy. But like, I also do believe that like your body, your physical corporeal body holds emotional memory. Definitely. I just think that's real. I just think You've that that's experienced true. It. Yeah. We experience it in our dreams. That's so right. yes, it's true. And I think that the dream is the is this sort of outlet for those emotional memories mm -hmm. creeping out from your thigh and moving all the way up to your brain. Yeah. I don't want to anyway. end I don't want to end on Trump. Yeah, yeah, let's not. So Never. let me ask you this Ever. one final question. Yeah. The when someone gives tells you sweet dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think anything's happening there? Do you think like that's changing where you're like, oh, right. I guess I'll have some sweet dreams. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hey, sweet dreams tonight. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Does that, do you think that would change? Like, do you think that suddenly your brain's like, sweet dreams. We're going to have sweet dreams tonight. <laughs>
<laughs> your brain is like, I didn't know what kind of, I didn't know what was on the menu, but right. sweet. Let's do sweet. Let's do sweet. Let's do sweet. All right. That's really nice. It is, a, it is like, I've always found sweet dreams to be, to be right on the border of like a sweet sentiment and a very creepy, bizarre sentiment to tell someone. I feel kind of the same way about uh, fly safe. <laughs> yeah. Like when someone's like a passenger on an airplane, it's like, hey, have a safe flight. Don't even it's bring like, it up. I have nothing. A, I don't control the plane. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hope it's a safe, safe flight. flight as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It yeah. feels like these commands that we can't really control. Hey, hey have sweet dreams. Have sweet dreams. Have a safe flight. <laughs> oh, okay. Hope my brain complies. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, sweet dreams, Adam. Sweet That's dreams, the no joke This is a sweet one. That was a sweet one. Yeah. Uh, for the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And like always, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast.